0: You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. You are listening to the Four Corners Podcast You are listening to the Podcast You are listening to the Four Corners Podcast with Lenny Marcus.
1: You are
2: listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. And i Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast with Lenny Marcus. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Neil Potter. Hey Four topics, fifty minutes each. We're just killing time. Kill it with us. Our Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is the number 4C podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Listen to us on the Ridecast Network, ridecast.com. My new album is still out on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Serious. It's called Home and Away. Buy a lot of copies. I have a baby. Today's guest... I dare you to find a smarter, prettier lady than this one unless it's my wife or Bethel. Did I save us there, Neil? Yes. <laughs> no. She is an expert in economics, business, history, which to me is three different things, but she's made it one thing. She's back to school me on whatever we talk about, but she's really here for a quiz rematch against Neil. It's the Greek freak Jen Bagakis. Yay! <laughs> Boom!
1: Thanks for having me
2: back. Oh man, you're, you're my, one of my favorite guests. Oh, that's sweet. we actually think we're smarter. I lost. No, we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually think we're you're, we're smarter. When you're here like we get smarter. So it's like rather than, you know, like you went to the chuckle house this week.
0: How was that? Some guy I didn't here. want you to come back because the streak is over. The streak is over. Neil's <laughs> never no, going to beat you twice. I've, yeah, I know I'm not going to get it.
1: Yeah, I've been studying.
2: Oh, that's good. Well, we had a so. me- we'll get to that in the fourth quarter. So um, the last time you're here, you're working on your dissertation. The best laid plans of mouse and men testing the limits of strategic planning, the failures of Disney investments. From the fifties to the eighties,
1: yeah. That's and how's it
2: going? It's going. Update us. Yeah.
1: Um, I. I'm working through. Uh, so in the PhD, you take these comprehensive exams, mm-hmm. which makes you a quote unquote expert to be able to testify in court. Right. Um. So I'm working through that right now. In addition to the the dissertation work. Um. So it's been a lot of reading, like more reading than I've ever done before. <laughs> um. And but, you know, I've been enjoying it. I think it's a it's you know, I like my own research a lot and uh, and and I just sort of find new insights about w- reading. Different what do you
2: read about? Do you read more about Disney and Disney and Disney or do you read about economics of the times or.
1: Yeah. So bo- both of that. Um, I also added a field, which is architecture history uh, <laughs> because I felt <laughs> it wasn't that
2: complicated. I have to get Brent Hall in here. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have an architecture expert. Oh, great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I felt like it was sort of the missing piece. Um, I actually, so I have a, an ex-boyfriend who uh, is an architect, and when we were dating, he was in school. He's very artistic, one of the most artistic people I know. He's not a great writer. He's right. autistic. Artistic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, when I they break, it. before they broke it. up, yes. he was artistic, yeah. and artistic. after yeah. he turned yeah. out it's he a <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's just sitting in his house going, Jen, Jen, <laughs> Jen. Why did you
0: guys break up?
1: <laughs> um, we, it was, we were pretty young when we were dating. Oh, okay. we, we knew each other when we were kids. We were both oh, Greek. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I used to edit all of his papers in grad school. And or, in order to understand what he was writing, I had to do some of my own research. And so I've taken that over into my own dissertation work. And it's been really fun um, because you get to read about like World's Fairs and the development of all these theme parks. Um, and it's also sort of colored my dissertation in a way where I can visualize these places and see where Disney fits in.
2: Did he just have like a crazy imagination? Is that what his big thing was? You know, he just saw a mouse and. So, you know, like-
1: he. I mean, yes and no. I mean, I would say that, yes, he's very creative. But. He was a really good manager. He was really good at managing people hmm. and running a business. Because for Mickey Mouse, for example, right. he didn't invent that. It was one of his animators of Iworks okay. who invented that. And it just um, took off. Yeah, I mean, he knew how to be in the right place at the right time when it came to things like animation and and also making good business arrangements. Um, he was also really good at um, you know spotting talent. Uh, and young, young talent, too. I mean, his employees, when they first opened Disneyland, were all in their 20s. I mean, they, they were sort of like a Google-Apple situation. It seems
2: to be how every big company takes off. They get a lot of young people who are very enthusiastic. That's how EDS took off. Mm-hmm. That's how a lot of, like you're right, Arthur Anderson, yeah. all those young companies keep going. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he was, you know, that that was really his, uh, his specialty because he stopped animating himself, Um, you know, by the fifties, he, he did it a little bit in the beginning, but then he stopped. Um, and then he was really smart about moving into new markets. Um, and for example, when he decided to build Disneyland, that was middle of the nowhere middle of nowhere farm country. Um, but they just built an arterial highway through it, which connected these big suburban developments. So he thought, well, you know, this line of accessibility exists, so why not put the park here? Um, He did the same thing in Florida. So it was really like virgin land that he was building on, um, which was also really his...
0: But he never... He took the the amusement park idea was already out there. He just... Made it better? Yeah. Like it, Coney Island was obvious. Was that the first one in the United States? Coney Island?
1: Yeah. So Coney Island, that's a great example. The the sort of circus model, which has existed throughout history. Right. Yes, that He didn't invent the theme park, but he wanted absolute quality control. So what he wanted is a place that wasn't seedy and had that sort of carnivalesque quality. He right. wanted something that was really family friendly but quality control in a way where the adults would enjoy themselves too oh. um so you know having hmm. things like orchestras and uh, you know beautiful landscaping and concession stand varieties of food but he um,
2: had to this was directed at children though it was directed so at children that also had to factor in right
1: yeah 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 uh, definitely, but he also really liked the idea of families together on a vacation because he had kids himself and he would always talk about going to these amusement parks that were sort of run down mm. and him just not really enjoying the experience or feeling like it was dirty yeah. um, and so he thought you know I'm going to create a space where families can enjoy themselves together um, and even the way that <laughs> Disney's priced I yeah. mean it's it's notoriously expensive now right. but at the time when it was uh, when they opened it when they had a completely different pricing structure it was still very expensive it was on the high end of the market and there's a quote by disney that it's in one of my archives which is he wanted to keep the undesirables out <laughs> so it, so it was
2: it, you well know, he's working at he worked hard and got me to not go there yeah but <laughs> they so are i think out. i was the undesirable they made the movie
0: but they made the movie about the the one where the all the fringy people outside of disney world the one with william Defoe. oh
2: right right i forget the name of that movie yeah it was a it, florida, it, it, project.
0: florida, florida project. project yeah yeah so yeah. that he kept those people out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Smart. Doesn't he have like a, because Bethel worked at Disney, so they have an underground where all the people walk around. They do. Yeah, so they don't even what want the people, like a cruise. You know how the cruise, really? like the, the mm-hmm. cast has to, like you know how the yeah, cruise, yeah. you got uh-huh. to go around. the They uh-huh. have the same thing for Disney. So you don't yeah. see them. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's all these secret doors too. Can I hang
2: um, that? Can I hang down there if I go again? That's you, I you hate it you, upstairs. They don't want a you lot. around the people. That's You'll no. mess up the thing. It's a
0: sm- I told you it's a small world. Crack me when it's did a they human come? Being. When did they come? <laughs> wait, when did they come up with the? You can get the rich people get to not wait in line. That was the fast pass. <laughs> the fast is the pass. Yeah, yeah, that's the fast pass. Is the greatest thing.
2: That's the only thing I'll pay for. I'll pay $10 to get in the thing, I'll pay 3000 to get on the fast pass. The fast you know what pass I mean? like,
1: class struggle.
2: That is the, it's like another level, but, but that's I, genius. I, I don't like thinking. the
0: fast I mean, what? I, I want to be, I only <laughs> no. want to go to amusement park with a fast pass. I'm never going again. Me, I, I agree. However, I hate places, and there's a lot of them, but planes and now Disney where you feel shitty about yourself when you go. Yeah. Like, you now have because to realize you your place in life, your, your shit. Online. Like, when you walk on a plane, you have to realize Online. Like, like life didn't turn out like you planned.
2: Well, that's why it's good that I Same go with, with... Disney. When I go with Leslie, I get to see the other half. Yeah. And oh, my God. Yeah. But the other do you half agree with well. that
0: for Disney? Shouldn't they not have the the pass?
1: Yeah, I mean, I will. there's a lot of uh, debate about whether or not the pass is actually effective because now they have apps where you can get the fast passes without actually having to be at a turnstile getting a ticket. So... It's sort of just spreading the lines out, and they're not necessarily shorter. At oh, this you mean point. you make a
0: reservation on an app? Yes, you can so download you just, a Disney app. Oh, and, you can and show say, up at the line at two you know, o'clock, Thunder
1: Mountain, or whatever. Yes,
0: it might but be. poor people don't want to pay for the pass; they just want to get in. And why do they have to wait? Why do they have to wait behind some rich dude? <laughs> like, do you agree? Like, yeah, there should not yeah. be a pass.
1: No, there shouldn't be. except just make the, there but, no but, lines. But I will say one point is that you don't pay for fast passes. So at places like Universal you do you pay for like yeah, front oh, of the oh that's passes. that's Universal. Uh, I got not. you. We so read Universal. Their point of entry is already at the high mark. So right now I think it runs at Disneyland a little over $100 a ticket. Okay. Um and and that's not a park hopper ticket that's just for one park.
0: Oh my okay. god. So I can't.
1: they did started doing essentially an Uber model of pricing. So they have surge pricing in the summer. Mm-hmm. and it can get upwards of 150. And then in the winters, it'll drop a bit.
2: What if it's pouring, raining? Yeah,
1: that was always my favorite time to go. There's <laughs> no when one our, there.
0: That's what our family would that's go. That's what I would totally like, go. Guys, we're going out that now. Is, yeah. no Quiet, get your
2: umbrella. <laughs> I mean, it's still 70 degrees. Yeah,
0: that's exactly. when the potters would go. Yeah. Yeah. Cheap ass. That's a great short Parent. film. Yeah, we're yeah. going... Yeah. Oh, I'm still man. mad at my parents because I thought I was rich the whole time. It wasn't until I got to New York that I realized I was super poor. <laughs> I they think they fooled me. That's everyone's story. Damn it! No, All it right. wasn't mine because I was went. in the suburbs of Houston thinking I was rich.
2: Uh, I have so many. That's how I feel now. I mean, so let me um, let's catch up on a couple other things yeah. I want to cover. Your favorite book? We when I was going back to listen to the other episode was the history of life insurance. That is true. That's, and you were going to tell us a little more about the history of life insurance, yeah. like why. Like, what panic set in? That's a market that just got created by somebody, right? Yeah. And because
0: people are Wait, just that's your favorite book? Fear yes. of death, Ever written? Yes. Better than The Great Gatsby? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I'm not a fiction person. <laughs> oh, really? I know. Yeah. Catcher in
0: the Rye? No,
1: I mean, I've read these books. They've been oh, assigned to me, shit. but they never okay. really made sense because I wouldn't want to Kill a Mockingbird? Can I pause
2: you for one yeah. Yeah. second? Kill a Mockingbird? Catcher in the Rye, I hated it. I just read it again. <laughs> I read it in high school. Yeah. I just read it again the kid is a whiny bitch. Yeah. And He's a take. whiny rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. And it's just, I didn't realize how I just I thought he know. was this cool kid who got to run around New York back in the day. And like, he was a brooding teenager, but now it's like, just shut up.
0: Yeah. But I read it. Uh, Some reason I read that book. The rest, I just went cliff because notes.
2: you are holding coffee. I went hardcore cliff
0: notes. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought I, <laughs> <would>. <laughs> uh, do. by the
2: end I was like, who cares what happens to this kid? Go nuts. Why it's like
1: when you're watching the Titanic and they, you know, in the end when they die, the yeah. couple is so annoying. You're just right. like, oh, Oh my god. Like
0: dead. He didn't die. Yeah. He's he's living under the under sea. Under the sea. <laughs> he's anyway. Frozen. His, Wait, go back to history, history, of life life insurance. history of life insurance. Wait, why do so there was a time when you didn't have health insurance, life insurance, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. And then who invented this life? Who's what smart guy did this? What smart lady did this?
1: Yeah. Or conniving. Um, but so it's called Freaks of Fortune, um, which is the history of life insurance. And it's all about the emergence of risk as a commodity in capitalism. I like it. So it essentially what is insurance? It's pooling risk. Mm-hmm. But you're putting a price tag on that risk. Right. And the same way that you would with any other commodity. But it didn't exist um, you know, before the second round of industrialization, uh, because then I 'll tell you the origin is that there was a rail worker who was working a rather dangerous job, and he severed his hand, and he went to the company and tried to get workers' compensation. and the company said no. And then it went all the way up to the state Supreme Court, and the justice said, "No, if you live in a free society, you own." the upside and the downside of your employment you own your own risk and it's really important that he used the word risk because before that the word had only been applied to maritime legal language so risk or risque was to describe the perils of the sea so like god would create a storm and then you lose a you know slave cargo or or whatever it might be um but in doing that he created a new thing that could be monetized. And so about six months later, the first life insurance agency opened up specifically for rail workers.
0: And where, what year is this?
1: This was um, uh, 18, 1890s. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. So wait, was it considered a scam by everybody? Everyone was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not buying into this. Yeah,
1: so then within about 30 years... Um, so you have a lot of developments happening in American history, one of them notably being the second great awakening. So people are getting a little bit more woke with Jesus at that point and they feel <laughs> a bit concerned about, so how do you quantify risk? And that's where you get actuary science. Right. So,
2: which I know a lot about. Yeah. Believe it or not.
1: Oh, really? Well,
2: my mother was in this. Oh, interesting. Okay. She's well, I, I did the first exam and then I was <laughs> like, I can't do this. It's yeah. too boring. But my mother was amazing at math and she was in, you know, um, Benefits. Employee benefits mm-hmm. specialist. Yeah. And uh, yeah. She knew all about the actuarial tables, And so she knew all about risk and all about. Yeah. Yeah. So very interesting. That yeah. So,
1: you know, when they start quantifying risk, then they're assigning mathematical values to behaviors. And
2: how long you're going to live and how long everything. Yeah.
1: yeah. So the, uh, you know, religious folk felt that you were sort of betting against God um, or that you were. Uh, betting against the betterment of an individual because they used to quantify things like if they would see you out going to a pub in the middle of the day. Um, and credit card companies. I mean, the um, you know your credit score. It's still a formula, and the formula is owned by them. We don't have total access to the formula. Right. Um, but things like if you spend your credit card at a bar all of the time, your your uh, your credit's going to go down. Damn so it.
0: I knew that was the problem. Uh-huh.
1: Shit. <laughs> yeah. So there so there was a pushback to it, um, and and there was some reforms. But eventually, it became standard, institutionalized. Corporations got on board with it. Um, and, you know, it, there's been some changes, particularly since the 70s, but, you know, it it, it is still risk as a commodity and that hasn't changed. Um, hmm. And then also, you know, from there, once you've commodified this really abstract thing, um, then it creates all of these financial markets with which to then grow more capital. Right. and You, you know, invest get into- it all. Yeah, exactly.
2: All right. Because I got the- Hold on. I'm running out of time. <laughs> Hold Let me on so, get yeah, yeah, it. I'm running out of time um so should we have it is really the question should we have life insurance life insurance i mean obviously i have a family now when i was single it's really like no point mm-hmm. i think to it because yeah. if i die who like why would i pay for life insurance <laughs> for somebody to get a payoff yeah right yeah. You, you could have now, put me on
0: that <laughs> you know what i mean because what am i gonna do if you you know
2: what about me but i mean what about your friends I mean Gosh. at some point it goes down what the payout's going to be yeah. right Well did you, you,
0: know? you go get life insurance No one,
2: Gina wants me to go get, life insurance. Go get like, life insurance No the apartment's your life insurance now <laughs> yeah. like you know what I mean no, like when I buy that's the apartment what my dad would say yeah. No yeah. you
0: got to get life insurance now that's the first thing you should do
2: No I have to, there's not another thing I have on to that. pay in for that's you, the th- thing should yeah. I be getting
0: life insurance Yeah so can you um, throw a friend on life
2: insurance
0: Or not are you only allowed family
1: Ah you know that's a good question I think I think yeah I put on as
2: my you know, life a insurance, pair I'm going to have to test all my food. For the <laughs> Big Stone Gap production.
1: So I think that with life insurance, um, it's it's very, um, I think it's a personal choice. But ultimately, I think any kind of insurance is just evaluation of how risk-seeking or risk-averse you are. If you are a very risk-averse person, mm-hmm. um, then, then please get all of the insurance, do it. Uh, but if you're risk-seeking, you may not want it. Um, and that's one thing they always blame the millennials is that they're so risk-seeking. They don't care about health insurance or, you, you know, some situations, car insurance. But now it's, you know, state mandated. So
2: if you're risk-seeking, you need it. You don't if need it.
1: You Maybe. Maybe you don't. Um, and so that would be like... Why?
2: Because, you you know, you're... Because you're, you're sort of
1: just rolling the die on your life. You could, and,
2: you could die early. Yeah. And you're thinking, yeah.
1: well, maybe, you know... I'm not in touch with my own moral- uh, mortality, <laughs> so you know may- maybe maybe uh, I'll die in. Well, I'm very risk averse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so if you're risk averse, are and- you?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I you're f- a stand-up comic. That's about. As <laughs> I, I would That's equate, not risk averse. By I would equate
1: <laughs> insurance to you, like if you had to skateboard, would yeah. you put on a helmet hmm. and maybe other pads yes. on your knees? Yes. If you would, if you would answer yes, yes. Then then you, please
0: the <laughs> problem yeah. with insurance, insurance the problem with insurance is like all corporate things when it started off it was great and then it all went off the rails to they couldn't they could they tapped out of their money they couldn't make more money like health insurance and mm-hmm. life insurance so then they had a become crazy people and jerks and screw everybody around. And yeah. that's just no different than health and life insurance. Same Well, how problem. are they screwing everybody around? Because then they, you can't get it. It's, they fight you. It's you, like, get life you get insurance. insurance for like your house, and then they fight you, whether it was a hurricane or it was a wind or whether it was a water. Like the insurance... They don't Companies. want to pay out is what you want to say. They were at one point. The original vision of it was great. But now they've all gone off the rails and all of them. The CEO is making 60 million and they're all screwing everybody around. So what
2: Neil's saying is if you get health insurance. If you die, make sure you die airtight to the policy. Right. You yeah. bet. I, I even <laughs> have a specific yeah, They're <laughs> going to fight
0: you no matter what. They're okay. never going to. It's never going to die be. in the
2: plane crash. Don't die. Don't let them have you drag off the plane. With like just a little life left. because could be the hospital, no, Don't could die in be a plane crash and never get your say, money. <laughs> no, you t- what do you no, mean? That they'll fight you all day long. Why? That's the perfect one, right? No, because
0: Jay? they'll say something stupid like, yeah. Oh, it wasn't a it was a mechanical thing and that but wasn't still, it's the a policy. Plane crash. Just-
1: yeah. I mean the most of the time when they the fight you on it, it's because they believe there's some nefarious activity. Right. It's the same thing like so my my folks uh, who live in California, they have fire insurance because mm-hmm. the the way that their are ha- it's, it's it's an old house, so they have to have it. Right. Um, but their house burned down um, years ago, and uh, there was, you know, the, the insurance company that they were going to collect from wanted to prove that my parents didn't themselves. burn their house down. Yeah. yeah. Right. So if they think there's nefarious activity, yeah. then they'll, they'll but stall they'll start, it. Yeah, it stalls. Yeah. It
2: stalls forever. Sure. Yeah. Ugh. What are you going to do? Well, Don't which like this leaves us. People. I know. Well, Neil's not going to like the <laughs> second one either. This one, I've been dying to do this with you. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The economy. Okay. the The economy
1: stupid
2: what the economy (laughs) stupid right the economy all i hear all we all hear right trump will get reelected because of the economy being good Mm -hmm. and everybody refers to the economy and i really believe in my heart maybe five percent of the population knows what the hell they're talking about when they talk about the economy yeah i don't even think half the economists know what they're talking about when they talk about the economy yeah but they did this blanket thing about the economy but the economy being good and people like any Joe Schmo, I'll go with oh, Trump, well the economy. Neil's mm-hmm. dumb friends from Texas, the economy's good. But it's not good for them. Mm-hmm. They their own lives they, yeah. They've been working three times as hard compared to but like... You're, those, you're, hold on, let me finish. The super <laughs> so no. rich. I'm just laying it out for Jen. Rich are always the
0: happy. super rich. Of course, they're always happy. The, the market's know, Have you good.
1: walked around here? They look pretty miserable to me. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, they're they're fake happy, but we think they're happy. Too much Botox. They, they can <laughs> their faces.
2: Yeah, Sorry. but the the regular middle class or lower class, they're working three jobs. They're working hard. They don't see the great, the economy mm-hmm. being good. So what... Explain... So the, economy the economy's good. I've never been
0: good. Would you agree? If you're poor, it's never been good. Yeah.
2: When was the economy good okay. for poor people? Never. I claim it was good in the '70s because I can. Neil and I grew up in a time it was My dad could go to work on a pretty decent salary, yeah. take care of four kids, you know, take care mm-hmm. of two kids, have buy a house on Long Island, you know, just normal, and then we could kind of live a nice little middle class life, yeah. you know. Now my wife and I, she's gonna make. Over a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. I'm working on trying to do something like that. We're trying to buy a place in Manhattan. It's impossible. It's yeah. impossible to have. And we have one child. Do we want another one? We cannot afford a second yeah. child. So yeah. what's going on?
1: Yeah. So I I think that, you know, sort of understanding what, quote unquote, the economy is, yeah. is really important. And I'm really gra- glad that you framed it that way. Right. Because You know, one of the biggest divides,
2: it's driving me nuts. (laughs) Only she's going to be able to explain it to us morons. One
1: of the biggest divides between the right and the left, because we're all members of quote unquote, the economy, we have all bought something, we have all sold our, our labor. So we're we're functioning in the damn thing. Mm -hmm. But the way that we define it on, on the right and on the left is so radically different particularly now and today. Um, and that's why we have such a hard time understanding what the other side means. So on one side, um, the economy, and I would say that um, you know, for uh, m- more progressive folk, it would be how equitable is the economy? So you know, in, in your situation, does you're also concerned with can your neighbor who has a similar life and similar job situation or family situation also afford to live here and mm-hmm. and have access to all that you have access to so that sort of equitable you know if, if you want to say equal opportunity um that's more what how we value the economy on the left now on the right it's about economic optimism from the individual pers- perspective so does the individual feel optimistic about his or her, her mobility in the quote whether it's economy? true or not whether it's true or not. And see, I call it kind of an opiate for the masses because if you talk to like an average middle-class couple that are in a situation where their mobility is not very much, uh, the reality of their situation is they're not doing better than their parents. They're doing worse. Mm -hmm. Um, The opportunities for their kids are probably worse even than theirs were. Um, But if they can feel like you know, if I just participate in this free market and I work hard, um, I'm doing okay. Um, and that's what Trump speaks to. So all of those individuals, when you when you keep telling them the economy is great, look at these job numbers, that it creates this sort of warm, fuzzy feeling about the, the mobility and it creates that optimism. Um, now on the left, because we would differ from Trump and we would say that, well, there might be mobility in the sense that capital is moving, mm-hmm. But the social mobility that maybe we saw in the mid-century is not happening, and in fact, it's in the reverse. So it doesn't matter if the economy is "quote unquote" doing well because we're not feeling it equitably. We're not feeling it distributed equitably. Um, so it's sort of where you value, um, you know, the the the. Oh the yeah, the, the people uh, I
2: talk uh, to I, about the, the that, that uh, are. Like, oh, well, what about the economy? They're all like stock market people. Like, they'll they'll look at your 401k. Look Mm -hmm. at your, like, nine. how many people are in the market? Like 10%?
1: Yeah, and there is a big divide um, between those that are more financially literate and those that are not. And it really pains me because it's something that um, if you're not taught it, you think that there is a bar of entry that you can never pass because it's very sophisticated um, and it's intentionally confusing in many ways. Um, You know, I think that that's changing a bit, I think, with millennials because there are now like, for example, there's an app called Robinhood. Who should sponsor this podcast Mm -hmm. um, where you can buy stocks just via the app and you can sort of get updates and you can participate in the market. And they will explain things kind of gradually to you. Um, but even that is a step to being a little bit more financially literate. Do you have to participate in the market? No, if you would prefer real estate or, you know, something something more tangible of an investment. Should you participate in the market? Yes, you should. If not for you, for your kids um, or, you know, loved ones in general, uh, you know, individuals. Like I always think about my dad who is, you know, little guy. He owns restaurants. He doesn't invest in you know anything that's more sophisticated than real estate you know he's, he's he's a foreigner he doesn't believe in that kind of stuff um that being said uh you know your money is not going to grow in the same way um if it's just sitting in your bank or it's just sitting in cash and with real estate you know that's a great thing but now if you want to buy into the market it's far more expensive than it otherwise would have been in the 1970s. So not everyone could just get into real estate. So, so the market is a way on the quote unquote market. The the financial market is a way to have your money start working and making money.
0: Right. But But I think the problem is most people don't do that. I think what changed over the years, like I don't think the economy has ever been good if you don't have money. Like if it's not, I think what has changed is that what we look back to and think, that the economy was good or something, is that the greed has seeped into every part of our society. There's nothing, there's no honor left anywhere. And with that comes the frustrations of, for instance, if, if you, my dad grew up working for Gulf Oil and, and they would value the family and they wanted this guy to have a great time and family be part of everything. And then before you know it, when it's all said and done, they shit on everybody, sold the company, fought the, fo- you know, just shit on everybody even though that was that that was somewhere along the way that was in there this corporate dream was oh i love it that we're gonna do family picnics and Mm -hmm. we're taking care of this family and it just seeped into it started in corporate america and seeped into everything like for instance if you're talking about real estate there was a time when a landlord would be like oh okay i'm just happy i have good people in my building i don't want to gouge them for every penny they have but that's all that makes you stupid now so now everyone charges crazy rent Mm -hmm. crazy thing it's like there's no there's no honor or personality there's no all that personable thing is gone and I think that's what creates the frustrations. Like a plane, they used to actually maybe care a little bit that they you <laughs> had a good ride and you had some food that tasted good. You know what I mean? There's nothing – nowhere is there that left in our society. And I don't know if it's ever What about our back.
2: podcast, Neil? We give the guest swag
0: and stuff. Exactly. We don't care. You're, but that us. makes us dumb in a way. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh,
2: okay. So that's what your perception is. You're dumb. I
0: think that's – I don't think so. I think there was – like if you own a building and, and downstairs you have a – and you don't get a lot of rent for your apartment, mm-hmm. but you have a great restaurant, right. a diner that everyone mm-hmm. enjoys. But now you're stupid to have a diner you and, have not, a and, you yeah, a and not bank and make a lot of money. and not gal and have ten Starbucks there. Well, so, that, so I don't know how you what that is, but that's what I think is missing. I don't think it's ever coming. Well, back. we're
2: teaching people more and more, and kids. I think he's right on the schedule. Like there are people with money, and money is money is the thing that gets you everything you really want to do. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't have money. You know what? fuck you that's yeah. what that's what our society is now telling people,
1: yeah, and you know, I think that um it's it's really so you know if you think about like where is the money, what jobs? so most of it is data science and stem jobs um, and financial jobs as well. um so you know, parents are putting their kids in programs where they learn coding at like age ten, and you know, with the hope that there's some sort of like you know, guarantee on the other end that oh, this person's going to be an investment banker, so they're going to make a lot of money. Um, but that being said, my particular lament, and I do believe the greed issue is is, is disconcerting. Um, although I would say that it has existed throughout human history, um, and it just takes a stronger institution to check the greed, government, right. um, or faith. Um, individuals who have faith might not err on the side of being greedy, um, but that going back to you, you know, training your kids for this new economy is now they're not teaching them about literature or about, uh, you know, the arts, uh, or, you know, they're not, they're not taking history classes. They're taking coding classes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that to me is dangerous because the one thing that's so important about a liberal arts education is to be a good citizen yeah. and to do so is to understand the, the, You know, the benefits and the sort of ideals that come from art, science, um, culture, all of that. Um, I
2: agree with you. Like, um, not that I loved I did not love going to museums or learning any of that stuff. But you can see now, even I can see, you know, like the the people who didn't get at least exposed to it or don't see it at all Mm -hmm. are just, you know, just almost growing up evil yeah. in some way yeah. they and and then even like trump he doesn't care about that stuff at all to the point of he'll cut every arts program he'll cut every funding for the arts he'll cut pbs mm-hmm. you know children's mm-hmm. that like he doesn't care about children like all like at the highest he level wants that money he wants that they he, they'd rather all have yeah. the money and live this in this like crazy I don't even know what society they're trying yeah. to build. But I, when, I would, and when but that's not how the rest of the world I mean, that's not how children see the world through a lens like that. Yeah. You can't make later on in life they could do that, but not until they're post college or almost college.
1: Yeah, and you know, what's what's even darker about the reality is that they want, you know they, but uh, you know, there are individuals that wanna take away funding to the arts and uh and, and things like PBS. But their own children are receiving educations that are rich with art and culture and music and languages. Uh, you know, if you look at the curriculum of, you know, an elite private school, maybe in Manhattan versus that of just middle America, pick a public school. You know, they're not going to be teaching Latin and ancient Greek and fencing. Right. Um, so they don't want their own kids to live in that society devoid of culture. <laughs> right. They want their own children and their own community to have that. Yeah, but um, do they
2: look at it through the lens of, "Oh, the upper class fences." You know what I mean? Yeah. So we know how, need to know how to fence. We're upper class golf, so we need to know how to golf. It's all about being this upper class with money because other kids without money won't be able to do that. And as far as the artist concerned when they see a painting, how much is that painting worth? Not the artist who probably starved to paint it. Uh-huh. It's more about the, you know, how much was it worth? How can I own that piece? That the artist painted, I'll get it. I'll buy it from this artist on the street for ten dollars. Eventually, the market for it, but pay no it appreciation is. of the art. No, appreci- yeah. they don't care if it's flowers. That's Trump. They don't care if it's flowers yeah. or all they care Dog about shit. Is can
0: it's status. They can sell it. resell yeah. it, right? Yeah. Status. It's status. Because Statist. another
1: thing, and like you know, going to the point of you know uh, being the the woman in this in this group is that you know in a lot of cases, marriage and particularly in these communities, is a status. Yes. Move, um, and. Going back into history, there was a lot more fluidity between the middle, upper middle, and wealthy, as far as who would marry whom. Um, but it it really has retreated so much so that you know you know there are individuals that were raised middle class but their experiences are now wildly different from those that were even raised upper middle class and it almost as if it looks like we're back in the 1910s in the way it's like oh well you know does 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 he come from a good family do right. I know that family what right. country club do they go to and I'm not really even joking about this because <laughs> <laughs> I've been around enough people like this uh, but I, I would always say that you know it's it it's the reality is so much about your education and you becoming a cultured person, um, is do you have a will? And right now there still exists ways. Um, so PBS, for example, I grew up watching PBS religiously. I learned how to cook. I learned how to draw. I would listen to operas, you know, PBS is still available for every kid who was, you know, my age. I was maybe eight, eight to 12 watching it. Um, did I have a tutor then who would, you know, teach me how to draw? No, I didn't. But that is still available. You know, fingers crossed it remains. Right. So, you fingers know, there is, there is hope, I would say, that, you know, if we prioritize those things and not just fall back to everyone should be in STEM, everyone should be a scientist or a data scientist or in fintech. No, because then that market's going to be saturated. Parents have done the same thing with law school. They did the same thing with business school. So it's just don't neglect being a holistic, well-rounded, cultured person.
2: Yeah. Well, that's a good way to end too that. Late but for I me. wanted to get it's too late for I me. need 30 seconds of just give me 30 seconds of is a recession coming? Um
1: I opinion? don't believe so. Okay. I would say that we are not going to see a recession. Um, nothing on the scale of two thousand eight. I think that by the time of the next presidential election, there's going to be a bit of stagnation and slowdown. But I don't think a recession's coming.
2: okay. And I need another thirty seconds. Yes. This is the last thing for this segment. Um, corporations, Amazon, all these people—they have somehow MacGyvered away not to pay any taxes. Yes. My taxes are through the roof. I'm an artist. Yes. You know, a starving artist. What is happening? And You know, like... That's 30 seconds? I know. Like, how does that change other than vote everybody out of the office? That's the only way it's going to change. Yeah, I mean... That's yeah, why we're the, in this problem the, the ballot with the box economy. Is important.
1: Yeah, no, it, it is really important. But, you know, taxation, again, we talk about sort of like, what does the economy mean to people? Yeah. Taxation just reflects individuals in rule what their priorities are. Right. So if you're taxing and or giving tax breaks to large corporations, like you mentioned, Amazon, right. then the priority is Amazon. The priority is whatever Amazon is doing for, quote unquote, the economy. Right. That's the most important thing. So is this it's pendulum? It's you. Just gonna- it's not you artist or you sole proprietor. Or you trying to climb the ladder? Well, is this
2: pendulum just going to keep swinging back and forth? All those people who are like, oh, the economy, give it to the corporations. And then it's going to swing back to like, give it to the regular, Mm -hmm. to the people. It's just going to keep going back and forth, polarized like this. So what? No,
1: the thing is, is that we've seen blips in history that we call sort of consensus moments, like Mm -hmm. the liberal consensus is a big one, which talks about, you know, the New Deal. So this period that you're talking about that you came of age in, which was, you know, anywhere from the 40s into like the beginning of the 80s. That was a moment of consensus. We might see a return to that. I'm not totally pessimistic about the future, but I think it's really going to depend on how, do, how does this next generation, my generation and those younger than me, conceive of themselves in the market? Do they think in a way where it is dog eat dog, right. I'm going to climb my way, regardless of who gets in my way, I'm going to be on the top.
2: That's what we're just saying. Yeah. And we or, think it's going to be that.
1: But then there also could be the situation of no, we have we all came of age during the recession. We remember when our parents lost jobs. Oh we lived boy. through 9/11. Do they? Maybe. I no. mean, I do.
2: Fuck. <laughs> we need more Jembagachas. What floor are we on? 8.
0: Uh- I guess jump. I, yeah, where, where, where <laughs> Neil's trying to figure yeah. out how to kill himself at all I don't time. have insurance, so my life insurance. I can draw you I, up a quick policy. <laughs> I need a policy for. All
2: right, we've decided to do for the third segment tourism because we have Jen; she's Jesus an expert on that Christ. too. I just,
0: all, what tourism. just happened is just too depressing. I for know. Me.
2: Well, let's, This should help.
0: I got to head to the bar, but I can't even go to the bar now because they'll run up my. Right. ruin my credit score. score. I got to drink alone in my house and I got to get someone else to buy it. That's how (laughs) I can only buy alcohol with cash. Yeah. Like (laughs) my credit score is so through the roof. See, you made fun of me all that time for not drinking. And I'm Christ. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I'm I'm, screwed. I'm going to Altoona to that house and just like call it a day. kill
2: yourself with a shotgun?
0: No, I'll just get hugely fat.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Tourism. American tourism. Most people do not travel. Is that true? I mean, is it making us more? I think that's what's making us more polarized and polarized polarized. Liberals kind of travel. People mm-hmm. who want to see the world, like you said, people who grow up with like art and want to pursue the world and go see it. Mm-hmm. The rest, a lot of people in this country feel like those people are foreigners, mm-hmm. and we're not going anywhere. Well, they've
0: brainwashed these bozos into thinking that their that place you is the leave. greatest That's ever. right.
2: The place they live yeah. is the greatest oh, thing true. ever. Go I love Europe. this trailer park. Like, yeah. And they come... And this has been going on forever. Wait, let me finish it. I'll if they it want up. to
1: see the world, they just go to Epcot.
2: Exactly. They'll go to Epcot. And then, then when they go... To New York, they're like, oh, my God. You know, they come here and they're like, oh, my God, how do you live there? I can't tell you how many places I've been. And they said we went there for a weekend. How do you live there? You know, oh, you mean with culture and diversity and arts and, you know, whatever you want, every food and whatever. Nope. They want to go back to the little thing. Quiet town, USA. Never see anything. Mm -hmm. Maybe the one trip in their lives. Like, is this uh, what's the point of this? What? Is this killing the United States of
0: America? My God, this is like the most depressing. I'm going to have to really, really want to really make jump. this Now one, I can't even do tourism. I really
1: want to make this one happy and optimistic. <laughs> I'll switch it
2: back. I'll switch it back yeah. for the people who do travel yeah. in the middle of this. But go ahead. Yeah.
0: Well, a lot of people travel. Well,
2: this is how we're, be- we're racism. People are we don't, foreigners no, are coming States, from the South. The United from States, the South. like
0: 40% travel the rest 60 percent don't travel Some no crazy. i think it's, it's
2: even crazier yeah it's a
0: crazy that. stat but tourism is amazing i don't i mean i don't know i just tourism I, I, well i mean traveling traveling? And, okay. traveling and being a tourist is amazing the only thing is like it goes back to what you said before is like uh no one can afford it yeah and then so that's a problem too that you're gonna get crushed on a plane ticket yeah. and then, you
1: know yeah so there's i think that um there's a couple of th- threads here is that number one we're sort of touching on this general suspicion of anything outside of the united states and things being foreign um and i would also add in what has exacerbated that is terrorism because a lot of people are now afraid to travel and not i'm not even talking about the middle east but you know you hear that a lot with individuals who are very concerned. Yeah, we about wanted to go to Turkey, safety. but my
0: parents are afraid to go to Turkey. Yeah, you know, Tur- <laughs>
1: Turkey's a great example. Like, you know, my dad's from Turkey and I always tell people that, you know, you can go there now, but it's it, but people are scared and they and they think one way and they're very set in that. Um, so that's one thing. And and I would say that, you know, you would hope that you know, when kids go off to college and when they're in an institution of learning. That they would develop a level of intellectual curiosity about other cultures, about other places. Nope.
2: You. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. It's weird. Like, my father was a travel agent to Israel and the Middle East. Mm -hmm. Okay. I could have gone there anytime I want. You know, like, full access. He would take trips all the time. I could not care less. I mean, I loved my town I love playing sports I love I love my little little world right yeah. and there's like oh Lenny's more to life than this little world but I can totally relate to the people who wherever they live going I'm never going there but yeah. you had and I said a million times I'm never Italy going trip oh I've so been dragged through my <laughs> career I never thought through my career I've been dragged to every state, no wait you had fun every, in Italy that, I was did. A good I trip.
0: that was your first good foreign trip.
2: No, no, no. I've been I've been to places You hated Paris, which is un- unbelievable. But it's th- all whatever in general. It's just another place that they what you learn when you go other places, they're very much like you, I yes. think. You know, yeah. you don't see I'm not sitting with guys with blowguns that you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Like, no. You just realize everybody's the same. You know, they live the same kind of life. They just live in a different culture as far as like, maybe their food, the way they prepare it is different. Maybe they look a little different. Uh-huh. Maybe they but they still just want to have a happy life. Some of it's less stressful than our lives go and try and make money. I think,
0: I think when you travel to Europe, though, you see that you're being duped a little bit in the US about like if you go to Spain, for instance, they just live the food tastes better. Yeah. It's more local. There, This whole process world, this whole corporate yeah. world. Well, you can live they, like that they, here, too. No, you they just just fought that it. That they fought it. there more you cannot get that here here we're much more uh the corporate corporate america has taken over this country and trying to take over the world yeah so you see that so in a way they i i don't know maybe it well is you a conspira- used to maybe get- it is a conspiracy they don't want you to travel because you do see that when Neil you travel. used
2: to get upset and now i see it you know he's right he used to get upset when he would go i would when i was a kid i'd go and like how come there's no mcdonald's in israel mm-hmm. you know and then now and i would be like oh then they then i would go years later There'd be uh, something in Israel that you'd know the name. Let's eat there. Yes. And then like I could eat something because mm-hmm. I'm a kid and I'm too afraid to eat hummus at that point, you yeah. know. And then now when you go and you see Starbucks in every place in the world, you're like, OK, that's flat out depressing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and so one of the important things about that, particularly talking about food, is that uh, the U.S. has a lot um, more, uh, I would say, a stronger but more continuous history of rationalization and standardization in industry and particularly the food industry so you know creating things like sliced bread you know mm-hmm. and and europe hasn't had that history and it was also disrupted by two world wars but since the 80s globalization and global capitalism has started to shape how these countries uh behave and how they're economies uh, function. Um, and so that's when you start to see things like McDonald's popping up and Starbucks and everyone wearing jeans and, and, and everyone has an iPhone. The problem
2: is because is that's what people want. Here, yeah. they, they don't even realize how good their society is, you know, because they'll go Oh, what is this internet, you know? And yes. then they can see, "Oh my god, look at all the things I've been missing out on. Why can't we have that here?" And then their society clamors for the McDonald's, which is supposedly amazing. And then they eat it. it's like, "It's amazing." Yes. And now we're kind of over it. We're like, "Oh no, we are hoping that the farm-to-table restaurant will you know you know we we want better food. we want to go to italy for your food well that was the thing about italy when i went it was a great trip because we went to this little town outside of naples Mm -hmm. and it is all they grow their own food the food is unbelievably fresh they take care in their recipes. They take their little passeggiata. They mm-hmm. take their, you know, they have their siestas in the afternoon. They close all the shops. It's mm-hmm. like it's a different time. And when you go on vacation, you're like, okay, yes, I want to see that. Same thing when people come here. They want to see, is it really that crazy? Yeah. yeah. And when they leave, I left going, wow, I, that little town made a mark on me. Yeah. People leave here going, Oh my God, I'm never going back, but it was an amazing experience. I liked New York for the three days I was there, you Mm -hmm. know, but that's
0: another thing that's changed. And you, you could probably speak to this, that America, the vacation thing is all going here. Like Disney. I mean, all these corporate, there's no vacations anymore. So half of America can't even travel because they, they can't get off of work.
1: That's very true. And, you know, you talk about, you mentioned the siestas and, you know, one of the things is that particularly you're dealing with Southern Europe, it's lovely. I love Greece. Right. Uh, it's not the most efficient uh, of places. Uh, let's just pick on Greece for a second. If you've ever driven in Greece, people are parked on the sidewalks, multiple parking tickets attached. No one's going to pay those, no one's going to follow up in that. Right. So, you know, it, it it is a very kind of live and let love, uh, live and let live society. And then, you know, it's just not as productive as the United States. And if you compare it to a place like New York, um, individuals that are working crazy hours, they're also not getting vacation time because in Europe, the government gives them vacation time. It mandates that they're the they're, uh, they're yeah. Whatever business they, they work They can't even for, like text
0: after five o'clock. They can't even like there's crazy stuff happening where they don't even let you, you could not be emailed or text from your company. Yeah. After like five yeah. O'clock. That's pretty impressive. yeah
1: Exactly. Um, but we don't have that because You know, we uh, in the United States, and particularly looking at sort of the long durée of American history, uh, you know, since the industrialization, Americans place value and they see their worth through work.
2: Mm -hmm. That's not how the rest of the world functions. Right. Right. They don't. That's just the
0: thing that they do. Yeah. Yeah. That's not changing.
1: Like there's uh, a friend of mine who's French would say that, you know, the strangest thing for her was that whenever she would meet Americans – the first question was, what do you do? Uh, she says, you would never ask that mm. in, in France. That would maybe be your sixth or seventh question. But it's always, hi, what's your name? So what do you do? Mm. You know, if you're, you're a little younger, right. it would they be, all want what to school know. do you go to?
2: Because they all want to size you up. What How sucks. much money do you have? How much, What should you, know? you say,
0: though? What, what? I don't even know what to say anymore. Like, hey. Well, you don't have an answer. What do you do what after you do? that? You hey. don't tell anybody, anybody. Let me try it. Hey, Lenny, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Neil? What do you... What do you see? I don't know. What <laughs> What do you do next? Like, are you married? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. you have a girlfriend? No, I'm married like, with a child. You can't even ask if he has a girlfriend because then they're gay. And then you'd <laughs> be like, are you seeing somebody? Well, that's we've more, created just, that's more I, correct. I
1: get so confused. I just say, how's the family? <laughs> oh, you know, nah, like,
0: that's good. Oh, OK. What, yeah. But what questions do they ask? Like, what are your what are they? Well, here's they what don't they, even care. They're like, hey, what's going on? You no, want to get a drink or um, let's hang out? Yeah, they, I
1: mean, the conversations get more topical, so they would go to something that was, you know, we tend to focus on the weather in the United States, mm-hmm. but they go to some topic of conversation. Okay. I
0: got to um, try that. I'm going to build that into my repertoire. When
2: we were in Italy in this little small town, what they you realize, what they they never leave. They never leave there. They're all grown up there. Very few ever leave the town. Their goal in the town is to get the job in the town like we stayed with the baker in the town. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the, the sister was the jewelry person Mm -hmm. the there's a jewelry shop in this town like a you know a fancy jewelry shop like you'd see in an airport here which is just mind-blowing why there's one in this little town but they brought this one shop and then their whole thing is to make money and then build their own apartment building so their family can live in this apartment building yeah and they've made and then rent out the extra rooms Mm -hmm. in the apartment so that's what they were doing they were all like building their own place Mm -hmm. to live to do like airbnbs I don't know, but but, th- but they were, that was the whole the whole thing was just to get your family, raise them, build in the town.
0: Do you want to live in it, this? And that? More, was, do you want to live somewhere else? Do you, do you want to live overseas?
1: Do I want to? No, I don't think I want to. Do you
0: want to have like a house overseas? Or sure.
1: Something? Why not? Okay. I'm a little bit too type A to be in a place that was constantly <laughs> relaxed. Well, here's uh, a good
2: question for you. Where should we go? Where do we where should we go? Where should people go?
1: So um, if anyone's thinking about going to Turkey, I, I you know, highly recommend it. Istanbul's beautiful. It's also on the... But take lira-
0: out insurance first because you'll probably die. <laughs> yeah. yeah <yes laughs> right.
1: It's also on the lira and not the euro. So mm-hmm. it's much less expensive. Oh, okay, um,
0: I didn't know that. A little fun fact. Yeah. And the beaches are great from what I hear. Beaches
1: are great. Well, do you want to
0: wear a the, the, the Italian thing that was in the, ma- the news the other day where they buy... You can buy an apartment for like a dollar. Yeah, a dollar. What? <laughs> you, do you see this where no. the condos were literally on sale? They're just... The, the Italian villages that you talk about, are, they're dying. There's no one left. And so to lure people in, they're literally... Oh, I did hear this. Yeah. Selling you could, these things. That, that would you sense. do that? Do you want that kind of life? I don't I mean, know. Because no. you only want to do it for like a week. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't even know if I could do it for a week. My ideal vacation is taking on a part-time job for two out of the seven days that and i'm there learning <laughs> yeah i mean i'd i'd bartend or something i don't know yeah. like <laughs> it's just too what you, what's
0: your downtime if you're
1: um i like
0: podcasts i like working <laughs> out uh oh you're this is oh, wait of, wait, are, wait wait are wait, we wait, down let me help. right now <laughs> <laughs> wait a second have you when followed you, her on instagram when you go, wait when you go on <laughs> vacation oh, are you minute. taking in learning are you reading are you are like where are you
2: I'll tell you what she's doing. Yeah. She's got a hot boyfriend. <laughs> They're traveling the world. They're drinking wine everywhere. She's in and out. Yeah, but are you drinking it's wine on the you, Riviera? Are you
0: drinking wine like to get drunk? Or are you drinking wine because you you want to learn the history of the wine? Um, like when when she's do you a, turn off? Yeah. She was taking I the Sommelier like exam. Can, yeah, they can. The when do you turn really off? Like, like what's turning off? Like
1: um, I would say that definitely working out. But you know, I like trash TV. Like, I am not afraid to say that. I like The Real Housewives. I like the Kardashians. Ugh. I watch. I like The Bachelor. My wife at- is
2: like this. Why is smart girls like watching that? Crap? <laughs> because you
1: turn off?
2: But it's not. I don't even understand that. You'd turn off watching sports. Turn off watching any. I can't even imagine like uh, building a house or flipping, flip or flop, yeah, or, whatever, flip or, flop.
1: or whatever. The Kardashians that can but the be addictive. The Kardashians can't be so addictive. <laughs> it's
0: but, so ridiculous. It's I don't want to see. One. Yeah. Yeah. I admit the card. I've watched it before. It's Big so. Freaking you can ridiculous! Watch. The Kardashians, when they stress I out about their models, I can't stand the laugh track just like so <laughs> laugh much. The
2: Kardashians is like the most pathetic. That's what's killing the our society because people go, I dead. want to be that. We yes. died in eighteen. When, anyway. What year
0: was the life insurance? Yeah, eighteen yeah. ninety. That's yeah. when it
2: all went to shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. R- reality television, L- um, tourism. I want to get back. Yes. So uh, I went to Cuba on a cruise. Right. Oh, you stay wonderful. on topic. I get back. I get there. Right. You get off the sh- and I. People have paid a lot of money to be on the ship, but if you get off the ship and you want to go, you go through their customs, mm-hmm. you must pay them to go into the country a day visa, mm-hmm. 75 bucks or whatever it is, yeah. $80, maybe it's a hundred bucks to get in. Do we do that? And why don't we do that?
1: We don't do that. No. Um, But again, that's when you're dealing with. Could not we
2: wipe out the entire. Everybody wants to come to the great United States. Couldn't we wipe out our entire debt in a year if we did that? (laughs)
1: Just charge. I hate to fix
2: our economy. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, it's true. Um, So in, in, uh, you know, cultures that tend to be a bit more corrupt and I'm not. You know, <laughs> pointing a finger on Cuba, per se. But again, if I just <laughs> want to pick on my own right, people, I, don't think they're gonna come get I would you. say Greece or Turkey. You're, there, there isn't a culture of bribing mm-hmm. um, that would happen if, if you were stopped by a police officer um, there. You know, you would be conditioned in a way, particularly if you came of age in that society to bribe when it's appropriate. Um, and that's sort of the environment that my dad was raised in. Mm. So think laws are more like guidelines and and, and you know. Cuba in particular is it there there's sort of a love-hate relationship with this new opening of Cuba that right. um you know like even for example the currency like there is a different tourist currency right uh that is not the same as those that live there so it's they're they're really you know they haven't adapted yet in a lot of ways that even other sort of islands in the caribbean have because of their communist history and and, and their communist policies um, but it's also just a cultural thing um that they don't really see it as being a bad thing to say i'm gonna charge you 50 100 to come into this country and you say well we don't do that we're fair what is fair <laughs> right,
2: right. We now charge i you. have
1: your hundred dollars we charge
2: you once you get in the cab exactly. oh you're from out of yeah, town yeah bye <laughs> yeah yeah all right, well. They do
1: that in Greece. Like when I when I used to travel more as a kid and I would, you know, I'm very blonde. I don't look stereotypically Greek. Um, you know, and I'd be walking around and I'd go to buy something and I'd hear them speaking to me in Greek or speaking about me rather in Greek and upcharging me. Right. I understand it, and I would speak back to them, and then they'd lower the price, but I look like an American. I look like right. someone that they would want to take advantage of.
2: Damn it. See, that's why I don't care I when these foreigners abused get abused, because I, oh, I know they're doing it to me when I go there. <laughs> yeah. I know they're doing it. All right, let's yeah. move on. All right, so now we'll get into to the fourth corner today, and for those of you who follow the show, so... Neil's record on the quizzes is.
0: Let me just set this up. Some people go ahead and say, like, the greatest moment of their life is like when they have a kid. Right. (laughs) For me, it was this. Knock it off, Jen.
2: In a sports <laughs> quiz, because Jen said a she taught us a quadruple PhD, PhD. Here's what happened: Jen said an she
0: academic machine, right? She's a she, person of
2: knowledge. So she said she a could, poor Texas kid. <laughs> she taught a sports quiz from a I coal mine town in Neil. Virginia. I mean, it's a story.
1: I taught it again. I it's an epic story. Right. So
2: you
0: taught it this, this again? time. Yeah, oh shit! This
2: time I tried to go out and said, you know what? Let's get a mutual subject. Yeah. Get on fair ground. And we decided mutually art history. <laughs> Spent oh, Post I was at the Frick all weekend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was at the Frick right, in so, the library. And then I went to the Met. I'm, who, who would like then to go first? I went first. to the <laughs> <laughs> no, Who I, wants to go first? Uh, I'll go second.
2: You'll go second? Do all I have right. to leave? Yes, you uh, leave. And I'm putting you outside because I don't want any cheating. Okay. All right, we'll be right back. Hold on.
1: To remind myself you're, of things,
2: you're trying to Neal's right, Neil's outside, you can't get in. This is an art history quiz. Um, I Ugh. think for most of them, it's name the artist, okay? Okay, there's one or two, name the painting or something like that. Okay, so I think this is post 1800s. You know, it's, it's, it's very you've heard of probably all these artists, okay? You know, I don't think it's very tricky in any way, it's okay. just straightforward. We'll just see how many. I can't believe Neil would know five of these, let alone, <laughs> okay. but he does. He'll surprise you, he loves going to art museums with Bethel, yeah, especially I, in Europe. You know, I told you his, but sometimes I can't, I don't think he wants to look at the art. He he always comes back with, I can steal a painting off the wall. (laughs) That's his big goal in life is to steal a painting off a wall. He's a goofball.
1: So he lives in a fantasy. He tapped into it. You know, it's supposed to be transportive.
2: Right. All right. Let's do this. All right.
1: I would like to preface this by saying that a good friend of mine has mentioned that, Art history is an intellectually weak discipline. So if I lose, it's <laughs> perfect then. Don't take away He's my won degree. Uh, okay.
2: Art history, Chris. All right. And so here's name the artist. Virtually unknown his whole life, this Dutch post impressionist painter, mid late 1800s, suffered from psychotic episodes and delusions, yet painted the starry night, sunflowers, and self portraits. Van Gogh. Yes. Yay. Blue House Museum in Mexico. Inspired by nature, lots of self-portraits.
1: Oh, was that a name the artist?
2: Yes, name the artist.
1: Frida Kahlo? Yes.
2: The Blue House Museum is Mm -hmm. apparently famous. Rene Marguerite painted this work that consists of a man in an overcoat and a bowler hat standing in front of a low wall beyond which... Uh, are the sea and a cloudy sky. The man's face is largely obscured by a hovering green apple. However, the man's eyes can be seen peeking over the edges of the apple. Name the painting. Oh, God. Now, I'm nev- seated. I don't know the it's name. It's from that movie with Renee Russo. You know, <laughs> yeah, everybody stra- with yeah. uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Their whole name. Do you know the I, name I of the painting? I don't know. <laughs> okay. We'll go back. Like if he names that painting, I will, my eyeballs will fall <laughs> out. But because I know he knows that movie well. Yeah, and we no, I can
1: visualize about, it. I just yeah. don't know.
2: Because <laughs> I didn't know the name of the painting yeah. and I didn't know who painted the painting, but everybody knows that painting. Yeah, exactly. Okay. One of the founders of impressionism, he once said, art is not what you see. It is what you make others see. Works include family portrait. Ooh, um, family
1: portrait. um, um, no
2: no okay let's keep going if it hits you just, you could always okay. just yell one out like a Tourette's patient and we'll <laughs> just give it to you his work is characterized by a richness of feeling and a warmth they have vibrant light and saturated color they are a response to the world and the people in it works include two sisters luncheon at the boating party and dance at the Moulin de Galette um uh,
1: Monet
2: nope
1: okay, okay. oh gosh
2: it's all right. And he's not getting them either. The <laughs> Spanish painter, one of the founders of Cubism, is also a sculptor and a printmaker who painted the Weeping Woman, the old guitarist, and the girl before a mirror.
1: Picasso. Yes.
2: Very good. The Spanish surrealist is famous for his cool mustache, his cool paintings. Such Dali. Even though he's not right. This founder <laughs> of French Impressionism painted a lot of flowers and roses. Works include Water Lilies, Weeping Willow, the Rose Walk, and Ruin Cathedral.
1: Ooh, French impressionism. Um yeah, Monet.
2: There you go. That's Monet. The Spanish painter, sculptor, and ceramicist born in Barcelona died in 1983. He combined abstract art with surrealist fantasy. His mature style evolved from the tension between his fanciful poetic impulses and his vision of the harshness of modern life. He painted The Farm Blue 2, May 1968.
1: Oof. Um, God, I don't know. No. Okay. (laughs) This
2: New York born artist is mostly, is most famous for cover illustrations of everyday life created for the Saturday evening post magazine. Warhol. And we'll let me finish. Saturday evening, Saturday evening post magazine over nearly five decades. Famous works include tough call, the runaway and freedom from want.
1: Oh, um, No, I don't know. The Saturday Evening
2: Post is the the key one. Oh my God, Jennifer. This German-American artist is known for using bright colors in his work. His works are associated with the visual arts and culture of the 1960s, particularly psychedelic art and pop art. Warhol. Nope.
1: (laughs) No, what? (laughs) No. Oh, damn it.
2: No, you want to take another shot at it? Uh,
1: German-American. Yeah. No.
2: There's one hanging on my wall when you walked in. Okay. Roman, De- I don't want to see if Neil knew that one. It's literally been there for 20 yeah. years. Roman Detertoff is this Frenchman's real name. He is a Russian-born French artist. He is best known for his Art Deco style. He was a 20th century artist and designer in an array of fields, including fashion, jewelry, and graphic arts, costume, and set design for film, theater, and opera, and interior decor. Um.
1: Roman
2: Detertoff.
1: Oh, God. I don't know.
2: Wow. This pop artist from Pittsburgh, PA, was best known in the 60s and once said, Art is what you can get away with. Famous for Campbell's Soup, Coke, and Marilyn Monroe. Uh, Warhol. There you go. I need to get one. Okay. This New York City artist was a pop icon, cultural figure, graffiti artist, musician, and neo-expressionist painter. He supported himself by making T-shirts and homemade postcards. His work regularly appeared on T-shirts around New York City. Works include... Flexible, Cabeza, and Bird on Money.
1: I have no clue.
2: Oh, my God. He was Even I know that one. <laughs> very famous. Very uh. famous. Oh, my God. Jed! I you know. Can't this me. is this, terrible. The scream is this Norwegian painter's most famous work that he made when he heard the enormous, infinite scream. Munch. Yes. There you go. This Austrian symbolist painter is one of the most prominent members of the Vienna secession movement is the most famous for the kiss the beethoven frieze and portrait of adele blockbauer Oh no it's always in my crossword puzzle oh really yes this french artist we'll go back we'll see if <laughs> that. this french artist known for his both his use of color and his fluid and original draftsmanship he was a draftsman painter sculptor but is known primarily as a painter works include blue nude that's a famous one. W- yes. Woman with a Hat and Le Bonheur de Vivre.
1: God, I can picture these. It's just the, the person. names are so hard. <laughs> um, You're going to no, you. kick know. yourself
2: when you hear it because you'll know all of them. <laughs> I know. You just you can't put the name to the painting. It's so weird. Yeah. Even when I was going through it, I'm like, oh, yes. You know, yeah. this Russian French artist of... Belarusian Jewish origin. I grew up with this guy. If you you don't know this one, then you don't know the Jews. An early (laughs) modernist. He was associated with several major artistic styles, but is most associated with his stained glass. Like every temple you go in has this guy, where he produced windows for the Cathedrals of Rams and Metz, windows for the UN and Art Institute of Chicago, and Jerusalem windows in Israel. He did large-scale paintings, including part of the ceiling at the Paris Opera. Ooh. Ooh, come on. You Um, picked a bad category if you don't know this one. I know. In my house, you get laughed out of my house. (laughs) No. Nope. Wiley acknowledges the most important realist painter of the 20th century America. His vision of reality was a selective one, reflecting his own temperament in the empty cityscapes, landscapes, and isolated figures he chose to paint. Various work include Nighthawks, Room by the Sea, and Hotel Lobby. And you, I know you've seen all of these. Nighthawks is a famous painting where the guy's just sitting in a diner. You know?
1: Yeah, I know. I, no, I, I this is yeah, this is very. And very, the last one, bad. Grant
2: Wood is known for this ultra famous painting of an Iowa couple in 1930.
1: Oh, um, the one with the pitchfork and the
2: name the painting.
1: Damn it! What oh, is no. it called? I'm gonna
2: give. You, let me count them up while oh, you're thinking. God. Come on, Jed
1: oh it's like one
2: two three four five six like there's seven. like is
1: home in it it's now
2: oh my god oh seven god. seven jen so bad all right we're gonna pause and we'll get Neil back in oh here
1: oh my god oh my it's, it's, a, it's a good lesson
2: it's <laughs> unbelievable it's unbelievable jen got seven <laughs> seven out of, out of what
0: 20 oh shit i do have a chance, have a chance. Yeah. oh okay <laughs> I I paid my, her off before I, the show. I got to tell you, I paid her off before the show. That's how it works.
2: I got to tell you, if if you you beat her at this, it's I mean, I think it's possible. Know, you go to all these things, and they're right, this is famous. It. All right, let's, let's do it.
0: it. I don't think it's going to be
2: possible. All right, virtually unknown all his life, this Dutch post-impressionist painter, mid-late 1800s, suffered from psychotic episodes. Van Gogh. That's correct.
0: Boom! one for <laughs> one. It.
2: Blue House Museum in Mexico, inspired by nature, a lot of self portraits. Say that again. Blue House Museum in Mexico is what?
0: In New Mexico or Mexico? Mexico,
2: actual Mexico. Blue House Museum in Mexico is it's a famous place uh, that uh, museum there, inspired by nature, lots of self portraits. Uh, Dolly.
0: No, I don't oh, know. Jesus, maybe it
2: is going to be close. <laughs> no, that would be Frida Kahlo.
0: Oh f- shit! I never heard of that. What? Never even heard the of the Blue it. House. No,
2: but you know Frida Kahlo. Never the heard eyebrow, the eyebrow. Never one heard of it. What? Mean, there was movies oh, about yeah. her. Oh yeah.
0: No, I know the the. That's right. From the from uh, what's her name? Plater in the movie. Who's Calippe sh- yeah. Cruz? Yeah. No, not, no, no. no the other one. the other one. The other one. Yeah. Now that I know. If yeah. you would have said a movie, I would have got it. <laughs> well, I
2: thought that I was just Salma talking Hayek. to two. Salma, Salma, Hayek. Salma Hayek. exactly. Okay. Salma Hayek. I was going to yes. say Eyebrow, but
0: I... F- well, hey, then I would have... you just sort of said Salma Hayek, Hayek, whatever. All
2: right, right this okay. one is a movie that you <laughs> okay. know... And I know you know this movie because you quote this movie. Go ahead. I get all okay. my information from Re- the Rene Marguerite <laughs> painted this work that consists of a man in an overcoat and a bowler hat standing in front of a low wall behind are the sea and cloudy sky. The man's face is largely obscured by a hovering green apple. However, the man's eyes can be seen peeking over the edge of the apple. You know exactly the painting I'm talking about, right? Yes. From the movie. With Rene Rousseau who looks yes. like my wife, and yeah. when well they
0: they did a uh, Pierce Brosnan, right? Yeah.
2: What's the name of that painting?
0: The movie, the painting. I know the movie. The, go ahead, name the movie. <laughs> I don't no even points. know the movie. I can't. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the yep. is Gentleman in a Bowler. <laughs> 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 Next.
2: No, the name of the painting shit. is called Son of Man. Oh shit! Oh my god! god. Uh, did you know it? Not
1: Not even. Even. No, that's these are oh. frustrating though because it's yeah. like you're close, like yeah. you can yeah, visualize that movie it. Was great.
2: <laughs> That's part of the thing. What's I the movie know. again? It's like one of my favorite know. movies. Exactly, it's a great movie. One of the founders of impressionism, he once said, "Art is not what you see; it's what you make others see." Works mm. include "Family Portrait." Oh,
0: Jesus Christ! I guess I'll just guess. He's sure. what did he found? What did he impressionism? Impressionism.
2: Founders of impressionism. Art is not what you see;
0: it I is guess. what you make others. I'll just see. have. To, I know Picasso's in there, so I'll just go with Picasso. <laughs>
2: No. Ah, you want to take another shot at it, Jen?
0: Monet? I, I'm doing it with the
2: accent he might do it with. Uh, that is not what you see. It is what you make
0: others see. Clouseau? No. Edgar Degas. He was in uh,
2: oh, the fucking right? ballet. Yeah. He did the ballet picture. His work is characterized by a richness of feeling and warmth. They have vibrant light and saturated color. They are... Uh, how many? Time, how long did you
0: work on I this? Worked like a not, dog. They are a response
2: easy. to the world and the people in it. Works include two sisters luncheon at a boating party, dance at the Moulin de la Galette. I mean, vibrant I, light and saturated color. That's what I the guess. I'll go
0: with uh, Monet.
2: Good, good guess. At least Renoir.
0: Shit, I knew it was right in
2: there. He's only famous. This Spanish painter, one of the founders of Cubism, is also a sculptor and a oh, printmaker shit. who painted the Weeping Woman, the Old Guitars, and the Girl Before a Mirror. Dolly? No, that's the Picasso, you moron. Oh, that's
0: Picasso? Yeah. Oh, shit.
2: All right, Jen got that one, so you're I would you're have hurt. guessed
0: that, but I got thrown in Spain. I forgot he was in Spain. You're down
2: 3-1. Ooh, Jen's going to pull this out. Oh, this Spanish surrealist is famous for his cool mustache. Cool paint. Dali. There you go. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Redeemed.
0: Three times. I should have said Picasso It's Dali so funny. These
2: guys have painted all over the world. And all you know is mustache. Yeah, exactly. And Picasso. Yeah. I should have said Picasso. And this founder of French Impressionism painted a lot of flowers and roses. Monet correct
0: yeah i knew he was coming up <laughs> i knew he was gonna be there i'm out of artist names i only uh, got a few more left that's how I'm i felt too i, <laughs> yeah, like, I have a rolodex I, of names but name. i drawing the fact that i miss picasso you don't know me. anything you just know names hopper <laughs> picasso Dali. i know this, hopper's coming up this spanish
2: painter sculpture america <laughs> this you told me 1800 hopper come this, on Spanish painter, sculptor, shit. and ceramicist born in Barcelona died in 1983. He combined abstract art with surrealist fantasy. His mature style evolved from the ten- tension between his fanciful poet impulses and his vision of the harshness of modern life. He painted The Farm, Blue Two, and, f- and May 1968. Oh,
0: uh, uh, shit. I mean, I, Picasso. Uh, no, was uh, it El Greco or is that Yeah, I was you? thinking El Greco too, you know, but why it's not I didn't use too El Greco? too big of a. He does more. P- I think he was too early. El mm. Greco. Uh, yeah, this quiz is it the guy that does the? I don't know. Jean Merle. Oh shit! I would have never got him. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay,
2: okay. She's still up five three. This New York City artist, born this New York City born artist, is most famous for cover illustrations of everyday life he created for the Saturday Evening Post magazine over nearly five decades works include tough call the runaway and freedom from want you've seen a million of these things the saturday evening post come on anybody can get this uh
0: norman rockwell yes (laughs) there you go how did i miss that i so terrible one two three four it's Uh, it's one two three it's tie. tie. it's a tie game
2: yeah no you're up five four Okay. This, German, this German-American oh, artist is known for using bright colors in his work. His works are associated with the visual arts and culture of the 1960s, particularly psychedelic art
0: and pop art. Works include Flag with Heart and Umbrella Man. Oh, well, I was going to say Andy Warhol, are but that's not, that's not right. because Oh, man. I, uh, wait, say it again. Um, where's my buzzer? Wait, say it, it again. <laughs> wait, I haven't guessed. Shit, I didn't take the buzzer. I, that was not my official guess. This
2: German-American artist is known for using bright colors in his work. His works are associated with the visual arts and culture of the 1960s, particularly psychedelic art. You're so confident in your stupidity. It's, <laughs> it's hanging on my wall for 20 years. Oh, I don't,
0: the one I'm looking at right there? No, in that room, you nut. Which one? Umbrella Man. What's the painting on my wall? isn't it the same one that made that one no
2: that's a So who is it
0: peter max oh Oh. give me someone that's famous this game
2: peter max he did the whole thing for a rod the fact that you have
0: one of his paintings means he's not famous peter
2: (laughs) max is one of the most famous american artists what are you talking about on a cruise ship oh my god roman Detertov is this frenchman's real name his he is a russian-born french artist he is best known for his art deco style he was a 20th century artist and designer in an array of fields including fashion, jewelry, graphic arts, costume, and set design for film, theater, and opera, and interior decor. Well, you got to know this other his...
0: Is that a question? No. I have no Roman idea. Roman de Tiertal. I have no idea.
2: Even I know this one. Erte.
0: Never even heard uh, never of Erte. Never heard of Urte. I've heard of it kind oh of. It
2: kinda. Pathetic. All right, you still have one, Jen. This pop artist from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Andy Warhol.
0: There we go. Bam! I knew he's coming. I knew he's coming. <laughs> you
2: know, he's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Because
0: that's where the museum is, and that's where I live. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jen got that, too. So
2: he's still you're still down one. Picasso
0: is, I mean, uh, Pollock's got to be in there and the, Hopper. The New
2: York. I got this. The, the I got New- the
0: victory. <laughs> I'm just going to no, guess Hopper. No. Hopper for the next 10. How many more questions are left? I don't know. I go. Uh, Six. Uh, uh, the New York City
2: artist was a pop icon, cultural figure, graffiti artist, musician, and neo expressionist painter. He supported himself by making t-shirts and homemade postcards. His works regularly appear on t-shirts around New York City. Keith Harry. Works include Flexible Cabeza and and Bird Money. I guess I'll stick with Keith Harry. It's a really good guess, but it's not. Basquiat?
0: Yep. Shit! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I knew it was one of the two. Basquiat. You got me on the... Jean-Michel Basquiat. Jean-Michel, I went to a party with him before.
2: That's a good guess, though. He Keith a Haring. very, like, the-
1: New York yeah. inside baseball thing. I Shit. don't you know you never heard that. of Jean-Michel No, Basquiat? I haven't. Oh,
2: you should look Shit. him up. very interesting. Yeah. This scream, The Scream, the painting, The Scream. Yeah, that doesn't is, help me out. Is a Norwegian what? painter's most famous work that he made when he heard the enormous infinite scream know. of I don't know. I can't remember. Nope. Good guess, though. Shit. Edward Munch.
0: Dang it. I got that one. I should have guessed So she's up two, Neil. I I think the best you can do is tie. So
2: you got one, two, three, four. Yeah, you're down. Uh, She got seven total. So you're down, uh, you know, you need three. All right, let's do it. All right. This three out of the next five. Wow. This Austrian symbolist painter and one of the most prominent members of the Vienna Secession movement is most famous for the kiss. The Beethoven Frieze and Portrait of Adele Blockbauer 1. No idea. Klimt. Yes. Yo! <laughs> oh, I just oh guessed God. it. Oh, shit. <laughs> Neil gets it. He's staying he 7-5. This French artist known for both his use of color and his fluid original draftsmanship. <laughs> he was a draftsman. Printmaker, sculptor, and is known primarily as a painter. Works include Blue Nude, Woman with a Hat, and La Bonne de Vivre.
0: Oh, uh, I went to see his exhibit. No, you didn't. Shit, yes, I did. Uh, so, so, uh, uh Dang it! I just I went. To, I literally just saw his exhibit at the at MoMA. Are you serious? Yeah, but I can't think of his name. Say, right. say it again. It's the a
2: French artist. Yeah. Known for his use of color and his fluid, original draftsmanship. He was a draftsman, printmaker, sculptor. He's known for, primarily as a painter. He work works include blue nude woman with a hat. Yeah.
0: I can't think of it, but I, I know it
2: when you say it. You want to think? You want to go back? Yeah. Pass. Okay. the The Russian French artist is artist of Belarusian Jewish origin. He's an early modernist. He was associated with several major artistic styles, but it's mostly associated with stained glass, where he produced windows for the Cathedrals of Rhymes and Metz, windows for the UN and Art Institute of Chicago, Jerusalem windows in Israel. No idea. You've got to be kidding me. Every temple you go into has this. I just this. don't know. I don't. One I Jewish artist. You don't even know who it is. No. Mark Chagall. 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 Chagall, oh my god! Come on, man!
0: Molly. Literally the only oh. Jewish artist. I'm still thinking of the blue guy. Oh, I'm angry. At the myself. blue guy, blue the man group. Guy, the blue, no, the Molly. Molly, oh. <laughs> no shit. I can't think of it. Molly, well, Molly. Was, that's a French yeah, artist. Who was the Molly. one? Who's yeah. the one that widely acknowledged? What's the one uh, you before? Left. Just tell me. Klimt, you got? No, there. no, the one that I passed on.
2: Oh, oh, the French artist known for. Oh, you don't want to know. You mean you want? Oh, uh, Matisse.
0: Dang it. Jeez. I knew it. I just went
2: there. All right. All right. You need I think you need all of this, right? All right. Genesis, it's 1 over. 2 It's over. Three, I lost. Four, These are harder 6. No, you're down 1. You're down 7 6. All right, let's do it. So I one to tie, all right, two okay. to win. All right. Wiley acknowledges the most important realistic painter of the 20th century. His vision of reality was a selective one reflecting his own temperament in the city, empty cityscapes, landscapes and isolated figures he chose to paint. Famous works include Nighthawks, Room by the Sea, and Hotel Lobby. Hopper. Hopper.
0: Boom! I knew he was coming. I knew it. I knew it. Just All right. Time. I just went to see Jen, Matisse. Jen,
2: I'm sorry, but this is for the win, and yes. I think he's going to beat you. I know. Grant Wood is best known for his ultra-famous painting of an Iowa uh. couple in 1930.
0: You mean the pitchfork thing? Yes. What do I have to say? Name What's the painting. Name the painting. Oh my God! I you know, right? I don't <laughs> know the painting. The name of the painting. Everybody
1: knows the name of the painting. I could probably paint it better than remember the uh,
0: name of it. <laughs> the, the name, of the painting. I have no idea.
2: Is this is. This I'll is,
0: take the tie and walk out of here feeling good. I
2: think you both know the name of this painting, so I'm gonna give you whoever gets it first. Okay, whoever, pitch, whoever gets American it first,
0: pitchfork or something.
2: I'm gonna. Here's um, the here's the initials of the painting. Two words. Okay. First one gets it wins. You ready, Jen? Yeah. A. G.
0: American, American Gothic? Tree, tree,
1: tree. American
2: uh, Gothic. G. Neil
0: Potter ah! does it
1: again. Oh, my
2: gosh. American <laughs> Gothic. American oh, god. thank you. Oh, my god! I, was, I oh,
0: goth-, wow. goth when I was I young. I don't
2: believe it. Goth- yeah, you picked it. the topic. <laughs> oh
0: I don't feel really god. good about my win because I literally just walked <laughs> it's around. It's unbelievable. The Ma- I walked around the Matisse exhibit like forever, and I can't remember Matisse.
2: Hilarious. Hilarious. Okay, yeah. one good thing, one bad thing of the week. Uh, Jen, go first. Okay.
1: Um. So uh, it's, it's sort of like a good and bad. Um, but uh, So my boyfriend graduated from law school. Congratulations. Oh, yeah.
2: Very good looking yeah. guy. God, what a <laughs> couple. He's Jewish. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> Not Greek at all?
1: No, he's half Italian.
2: Very nice. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mazel yeah. tov.
1: <laughs> um, but I, the sort of good but bad thing is that I think – At this point in the PhD, when you can sort of see the end, but you can't touch the end, there's nothing worse than sitting through a law school graduation because you start to think to yourself, wow, they already have a degree and (laughs) they have a job. And what am I doing? I'm writing about Disney. But, you know, Uh, it makes you take stock of things. So so what's your what's
2: your projected date?
1: Um, I mean, I'd like to be done. You know, w- within year, year and a half, okay. um, yeah. So, but you know, it it um it makes you sort of appreciate like would I have gone to law school? Never in Never a million, million
2: years. years. There you go. <laughs> do what you want to do. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. And so
2: he's a lawyer. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got he, his job lined up. Everything. Yeah, so there so you in go. The city, yep. He can buy you dinner we'll once cut a in, lawyer. in a while.
1: Um, so intellectual property
2: law. Okay. Salino so yeah. and Barnes yeah. <laughs> Attorneys.
1: 8888.
2: Yeah, exactly. eight, eight, eight,
0: eight. <laughs> He's going to have Neil? a commercial on TV. Good thing or bad thing of the week? Uh, good thing. Oh, uh, the SNL party. There you go. Really That's fun. my good yeah. thing too. We'll both talk fun. about that for one minute. A lot of fun. Free drinks. Four o'clock in the morning. Late night. <laughs> I haven't done four in the morning yeah. in forever. Late night was tough. The next <laughs> day. Uh, Leslie did great. Um, yeah, it was a good show. And, um, it was fun. Everything backstage. Backstage, the, everything sitting in the dressing
2: room. It's a lot different when you watch the show than sitting in the dressing room. But she was great. And the cast was, you know, we got to talk to a lot of people. We got to start our agent and manager. Neil saw show business. Neil, uh, Leslie Jones's agent, looks like he's 12 years old and he's about 5, 4, 11.
0: I saw open <laughs> bars, what I remember most by the <laughs> night. Free drink. It <laughs> always rules out for me everything. Free drinks. I, it's and, just not and often, hot dogs, little hot dogs. The little burgers and the that. sliders. It was all good.
2: Jen tell everybody where they can see you
1: yeah so uh, follow me on Instagram please follow uh, her very
2: she's <laughs> you want to see the sites go <laughs> ahead
1: at uh, Jen underscore Bogakis. but also follow me on Twitter I've Embarrassingly low amount of followers, but I like that. What's so. your
0: Twitter? Same thing. Same
1: thing. Jen, Jen under underscore Bogakis.
0: Let's get Jim up to a million followers. Yeah,
2: let's get yeah. let's get me One up to a million, million. followers. <laughs> Jen, thank you so much right, for coming for in. Everybody. We had a lot you. of fun again. Yes. I cannot believe another
0: win.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's great for my <laughs> academic <laughs> ego. Yeah.
2: All right, bye everybody. We'll see you next week.